0: On today's expert series, I'm going to be joined by Jane Hansen, who grew up in rural Minnesota, coming to New York three decades ago to join NBC as an anchor and correspondent in New York. She's co-anchored Today in New York and hosted Jane's New York. She covered events ranging from the tragedy of 9-11 to the joy of the Yankees' victory parades to wall street in washington she's interviewed presidents business leaders prisoners and celebrities traveled as far as the Gobi desert of magnolia and the great depths and miles below new york city for her special reports most recently she's hosted a daily entertainment and lifestyle program new york live for nbc4 jane has won nine nine Emmys, was named Correspondent of the Year by New York's police detectives and firefighters, among many other awards. Janus served as the March of Dimes Walk America Chairman, Honorary Chair for the Susan B. Coleman Foundation's Race for the Cure, and as a board member of Graham, Wyndham Phillip Houses, and Randall's Island Sports Foundation, the West West Hampton Beach Performing Arts Center and Telecare. She's taught at Long Island University, Stern College, and the 92nd Street Y, and was president of the New York Chapter of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. She's currently a much sought after communications coach, working with the top tier leaders in every field while continuing to immense speak and host broadcasts. I just... I cannot even begin to express how excited I am to just discuss how to become a thought leader in the world of today, leadership and empathy, and how to present yourself powerfully no matter what situation you're in. So I am very excited to drop in today's interview. Let's welcome in Jane. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure. And I
1: love when you explore these kinds of topics. So thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, we're going to have some fun today. And I just, I really love to start with this question, like as the name of the show is aligned with purpose in life and leadership for you in your life, what has it meant to be aligned with your purpose?
1: Well, I think I think that changes as you grow mm-hmm. um, because I think your purpose might change. I mean, I think we ultimately all have the same purpose, which is to fulfill whatever we were meant to do while we're on this earth. But what does that mean? And I think it means different things at different times. So um, as a journalist for so many years, my purpose was to um, deliver messages to people so that they had the information that they needed to go about their day and to, you know, to help them have a better life, really. That's what I felt my purpose was. And then today in my coaching that I do and in everything, all the other work I do, I think that the purpose is really about, it's still the same purpose, helping people become their best selves and, um, and to do that in ways that are really, uh, touch every part of them. And by that, I mean, I wanna touch their, their brain, their heart, their soul, and just help them even understand better, if I can, who and what they are and how to achieve their goals. It gives me great pleasure to really think about, about helping other people, I, I don't know. I get such a kick out of that. And my other my other real purpose, my other aligning when I feel like I'm really aligned is when I'm connecting people so that they together can make a difference in the world and that they together can help each other achieve something they might not have been able to do if they hadn't met. And it's, it's like the coolest thing in the world when somebody writes me an email or calls me and says, you introduced me to so-and-so and today- we are working on a project together that's going to accomplish this. I'm like, okay, I did it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if we sit down and think about our purpose enough. And I think maybe more of us should, which is why you probably do what you do. Because yeah. you see that kind of, I don't, I don't want to call it emptiness, but you see that lack of really thinking about what you're meant to achieve.
0: Yeah, that was such, such a beautiful response. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I experienced it this weekend. I was actually with friends on a bachelorette party and I was a part of conversations where I actually heard someone say, I am where I've always wanted to be. But wow. it was because though they hadn't thought about what else could be there with oh. that vision. It was more, you know, what I wanted when I was a child, I'm already doing. So, you know, I'm already living my dream, but it, but it was coming from a place of not ever having explored more. And so it felt kind of empty and the response truthfully, and I see it all the time. And so, yeah, hundred percent. That's why I love having conversations like this. And I mean, I'm curious with all of this success that you've had, all of the beautiful work that you've done with your clients, like for looking back, have you always felt connected to your purpose? Or I would love to hear more of maybe before you found it, what that looked like.
1: Um, I was, you know, there was a point midway through my career where I felt unconnected. And we all hit bumps in the road, and I hit a bump. Mm-hmm. And it was partly personal and partly um, professional, and where I was floundering. And in that moment, I had to do a lot of work. I had I had a team of people that I went to. I had a lot of them were spiritual. I had a rabbi, a priest, um, a Lutheran minister, um, a, a psychologist, a um, you know a bevy of friends. Um, I just I was seeking out anybody I could talk to to try to figure out why I wasn't feeling aligned. And not that any one of them had a magic answer for me, but just by talking about it and then really doing a lot of inner work, I was able to, I was able to find myself again. And it 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 I think it takes a lot. And everybody hits road bumps. There is, if somebody tells you they haven't had a bump in the road, then they either haven't experienced life or they're fooling themselves, because we all have it. And so um, as a little girl, I always wanted to be a journalist. Um, I grew up in a little tiny town in rural Minnesota, population then 2,500 people. We did not even have a stoplight in the town. And I wanted to be a journalist and see the world more than anything. And when I was a child, my father used to read me stories from the newspapers. And I'm telling you from the time I was like four years old, and we'd talk about them. And so it just whetted my appetite to explore and to see everything that was out there. Mm-hmm. and And so for a long time, all I wanted was to be a writer, be a journalist, be a creator, learn, 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 learn. And I did that for so long. And you know again, the ultimate purpose being to to bring information to people, to tell them stories that would make them feel or make them want more or make them, just understand something that they didn't understand. So that was there from the very beginning. Mm. But it was this kind of midsection when I think you, you look around and you go, am I really doing what I thought I was going to be doing? And it takes some work to think about it. And the other thing I want to say about purpose before um, before I forget to say it is a lot of the times people come to me for communications help because They're struggling with being in front of a crowd or making their presence known or maybe um, putting themselves out there. And they're struggling because they're afraid Mm -hmm. and they're afraid they're going to be judged. They're afraid they're going to be, people are going to be critical. They're afraid they're going to blow it. They're afraid of, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but the one thing that will get them to be really good at it is if they focus on their purpose Mm. and not on all the other stuff that's floating around. And that's the thing that I would love people to to understand. If you really focus on what your mission is, why you're there, then everything else just goes.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. And honestly, it saddens me to think of all the people who felt called to speak on a stage, to speak on a podcast, maybe even start their own show. And they didn't pursue it because at some point their confidence slipped or this fear crept in and just kept them playing small. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said of let your purpose, let your mission guide you. Mm.
1: It really does. Yeah. Trust me, although I think you already know that. <laughs> oh, for sure.
0: For sure. <laughs> so so I would love to hear more about what it is that you do in your business now as a coach like what's the number one thing that people come to you for is it that they're feeling this fear and they want to learn how to do it anyway or what's your what are your thoughts there
1: um it's a number of different reasons um maybe they've gotten a new job that's going to require them to speak a lot maybe they've launched a new product um perhaps they've um, they realize that the next transition for them, you, you mentioned something about, um, you know, thought leaders and that sort of thing. Um, there's, it, it's, and maybe that's what they want to become in their space. So there's a lot of different reasons. And sometimes it's just that they, you know, I worked with the cutest um, young women the other day who are Gen Zers, and they were about to make their first public presentation and they were scared to death because they'd never spoken in front of, they were speaking in front of like 500 people and they were totally freaked. And all I had to do was sit with them for about 15 minutes and talk about, you know, I got back to this purpose thing, but I also talked to them about, well, what are you so afraid of? And and then as they started started talking, I said, but you're the expert. You wouldn't be speaking if you didn't know what you were talking about. So even if you say something that, or you don't forget a thought or you forget to do something, whatever there, nobody knows it. Mm-hmm. So you have to, so you got to think about what, what is it that I'm doing and what am I saying and how, and and, and why am I here doing it? And why am I asked to do it? Um, and I also believe uh, that, I, that I, I do at times feel like I'm a shrink because I have to work through why is it that. Like today, I was working with this wonderful woman, and and she said, I can't get my messaging right for this company that she created that has a layers of wonderful purpose. So I just can't get my message right. And it's on the surface, you'd think, well, that's baffling because you started the darn thing, right? Yeah. But when we started to dig into it, it was that she was so used to working for a corporation where it was their message. And so she didn't have to be bragging or she didn't have to be like, take ownership of it. It was, she was just carrying on their message. Now it was her message. Mm -hmm. And that ownership part made her feel like she was acting. um, What was the phrase she used? It was something like uh, she was being too much of a bragger. um, uh, There's another phrase, I can't remember right now, but it was just, it was really like, she wasn't comfortable in talking about what she'd created so openly and passionately. And so <laughs> you're going, but you created it for this incredible purpose. I mean, you got, you got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so we, ha- so, so we had to subtly work into how she could do that without feeling like she was um, taking herself out of her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. People are afraid to be bold when it comes to a lot of people, I should say, when it comes to talking about themselves, particularly women. For sure. So we, all, so we always want to give a lot of credit to other people. We, but we also, you know, we need to think about our own accomplishments and what we've done.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm, for sure. Now you mentioned being bold. Mm -hmm. and a bit about like strength and courage that it takes to Mm -hmm. put yourself out there and push past that fear. But I would love to bring in like the vulnerability side because you mentioned like, you know, these women were just about to get on the stage in front of 500 people. What if I make a mistake? What if I say something that I shouldn't say? But I personally believe like, even when we're dropping these podcast episodes, if I make a mistake, if I've got to like cough or something, I mean, it's not a ridiculous amount that that happens. But if it does, I love just leaving leaving things in that are messy, that are, that are mistakes because people see strength in that. And it's, I want, I want to hear, I want to hear what you think about vulnerability and dropping that in.
1: Well, in order to do what you're just suggesting, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to be critiqued and allow yourself to be open. Um, It's interesting because during COVID, one of the things that people really came to me a lot for was how do I, and it was funny because it was sometimes like major leaders, how do I learn to be more compassionate during this time? And I'm thinking to myself, what does that mean? Are you not compassionate on a regular basis or is, is it now the only time to be compassionate? I don't know. But anyway, um, so the most important lesson that they had to learn was to allow themselves to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? It means it's okay if you make a mistake. It's okay if you are, in fact, in, in fact perfect people, A, I don't know anybody that's perfect, but if somebody tries to act too perfect, I don't want to be around them because that's not real. It's just not real. It's like the person you were talking at the bachelorette party. It's not real. So um, so when people really let them their guard down and they dare to share things with you and thoughts with you that they might not ordinarily share, A, it's a privilege that they do. B, it's not to be taken lightly but see, it makes them, I think, open to being a better self. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you can compare it easily to, to doing something physically that scares you. Um, you know, climbing a mountain or jumping off a high diving board or uh, doing, I don't know, whatever it is that's risky to you, but you dare take that step. And you realize that the anticipation of it is far worse than the experience. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean,
1: just even the, think about the anticipation of having conversations with people that you know are going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. You're scared to do it. You avoid doing it. But ultimately, ultimately, when you have that conversation, it's shocking sometimes how Easy it can be, and how fulfilling and wonderful it can be. So it's it's being daring to take that bold step.
0: Oh yeah, I love what you said there too. It's we build it up, we build mm-hmm. it up to be some big mountain in our own minds, and we do it, and we're like, oh, that was just a breeze. That was a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so true. Mm. Now you've mentioned, you know, you've had Emmy Awards, you've been on news channels, you've done so many things that have put yourself out there and been vulnerable mm-hmm. in your own life. So I would just love to hear more about this journey of becoming, becoming the version of you who is living this dream that you created for yourself as a little girl.
1: Well, um, I um, actually, part of the story is actually kind of funny. I uh, went to college and got a degree in broadcast journalism. And so all I ever wanted to do was be in, you know, be in the news business. And I got lucky enough to be hired um, just as I graduated. And I went first to a, um, I grew up in the Midwest, as I said. So I I grew, I, I was at this station in Iowa. and. I was offered an opportunity very young age early 20s to go audition for a job in New York City I mean I I had a these talent scouts back then Mm -hmm. and this woman had reached out to me and I'd sent her a tape of my work and she said I said I'd love to move east my ultimate dream was to live in New York the center of the news business for sure and so um so the next thing I know, I thought she was she would send me to Schenectady or you know Hartford or someplace like that. I get a phone call from this television station, WCBS TV, and they invited me to come out for an audition, which is the um it's the um, you know, it's the headquarters of the CBS network. And so they invite me to come out for an audition to be their main anchor woman. And of course I was as green as green could be because. I just started working. I was a rookie. And it was clear once I got there, that job was not going to be mine. Uh, but I got a really nice weekend out of New York City in the process. So I go back home to Iowa. And I tell everybody I know, and and it's a small, it was a small community of news people, then um, lots of friends spread out at little stations all over the country. So about two weeks later, I get a phone call. And it's this Guy on the phone, and he says, You know, he says his name, and he goes, I'm from WNBC TV in New York. And I start to laugh and I say, Sure, you are. And I hung up on him because I thought it was a joke. My friend's playing a joke on me. So about a second later, the phone rings again. And he said, Maybe you misunderstood me. I said, I don't know who this is, but this isn't funny. And I hung up again. The third time he calls back, he says, Write my phone number down and call me. And then he hung up. So I wrote the number down. And, um, and I thought, I wonder who's going to be laughing on the other end of the line, because I was so sure it was a joke. And I call it, get, I get WNBC TV, Ron Kershaw's office, how may I help you? And I nearly died. And I went, oh my I'm, I'm like sputtering my name out. And um, his assistant, this woman, she's laughing and she's laughing. She goes, we were wondering if you were going to call back. Nobody has ever hung up on him like that before, especially someone he's talking to about a job. So he got on the phone and he's laughing too. And it just became the joke. Net, net. I came to New York to um, meet him and he hired me. And so I'm convinced that I got that job because I just kept hanging up on him.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! I have like full body goosebumps, by the way, because this is so great. Wow! Yeah, wow. that's amazing.
1: So, and the job worked out. I mean, I, I worked, I worked at NBC at Thirty Rock for almost thirty years. So it was, um, it was pretty cool, and I had a wonderful time. But that, that moment—that's what's so funny—is for me to get that job in that really absurd way taught me that things can, things that are meant to happen are going to happen ultimately. And it also taught me that I could dare to kind of be myself without real fears. And then also because I was so young, I didn't really understand some of the like logistical challenges or the politics that went on or all that kind of stuff, somebody would say, hey, you want to go cover this story? I'd go, oh yeah, let's go. Um, instead of like, well, let me think. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. So I worked all the time and I had an amazing, amazing beginning of, of that career, thanks to a bunch of phone hangups. So <laughs> there you go. Wow.
0: wow. And, and this brings up a powerful point, which is how to present yourself powerfully no matter what circumstance you're in. And it sounds like that was pretty powerful.
1: So. <laughs> well, In retrospect, it was really stupid. But <laughs> wow. I mean, when I, when I've told people that story, they're like, oh my Lord. And, 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 you know, he and I became very good. We became, we worked together very well, became very good friends as a result of it, because it was our, our, was our running joke. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, you know, I wouldn't have lasted if I didn't deliver. So I delivered on my work and, um, and steadily rose up, you know, up the ranks. so um, and, and it, but I also had other ideas as we went along. For example, after 9/11 happened, and I was the first person on the air at NBC on that day and had to try to keep my own personal cool while I'm trying, where I'm trying to help the city's people in the city stay safe, And not knowing what was going on at all. Um, After that, I became so immersed in wanting to do something to help bring New York back to life. So, I had I suggested that we start this this program um, that would really celebrate all the great things about the city um, because it was it was so sad, and I and, and and you know. Tourism was gone. Um, the, the, there was so much damage, and and all that kind of thing. So I kept saying, "Let's do this program. Let's do this program. Let's do this program." It took me, it took me about a year and a half, and I finally was able to get this program done of, of my own. Um, there where we just highlighted New York and did wonderful stories, and the show ended up taking me all over the world to cover things that. Were connected with New York. I mean, it was just, it was something I'm so proud of. But again, it was a bold step and just being absolutely persistent about doing it. And I think that's another thing. If you I mean, I had a purpose, my purpose at that moment was that I wanted to bring people back to New York. And I wanted to show the city as I knew it as a, a place full of culture and fun and, 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 uh, Fascinating stories and incredible people. And so, um, and, and we achieved that, even though it, it took a while.
0: Wow. Wow. And I think a theme I've noticed with you, just from this interview alone, is that you commit first and then you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a powerful force right there. So just thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you've built and created
1: that's so kind of you to say um I I do I've always I've always been that kind of person that believes just get your foot in the door Mm. and if you get your foot in your door then you can do anything right so I mean there's a lot of people who want more than that but I'm like no just give me an inch and I'll take a mile (laughs)
0: sure. I love that. And when we're speaking of leadership and empathy. You've worked with a lot of people throughout your career. I would love to hear how the two have meshed together so beautifully during and throughout your career. Well,
1: I think sometimes they don't. I mean, at times I think, I think you have to walk away from things because I don't know that there's always the empathy that needs to be there. And let me, also say that the television news business is a tough business. I mean, first of all, you're seeing really hard things every day. You never know what you're going to encounter. And um, and some of those stories are incredibly hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to have empathy in order to be able to tell them. Yeah. And And I think having the empathy for the for other human beings and trying to put yourself in their shoes and, 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 and then using their story as an example of how, I don't know how to live your life or how to, or, or how to, in a lot of cases, make, um, take, take a tragedy and turn it into some kind of a, of a, of a you know with the silver lining of some sort that kind of thing, those those stories are really um, super super important. When it comes to leadership, I think we may have turned a corner. I could be wrong, but a lot of the people that I work with now, who are in major positions, um, you know, in their companies and stuff, I see them really wanting to understand the people that work for them and the people that they work with and i also think they and that that's all a, a product of, of mutual respect of respecting one another of respecting every single person that works in a company i mean every role is important it doesn't matter what it is every role is important so i think that a true leader has to understand that kind of mutual respect. And there also has to be a trust that you're going to do the right thing. I I mean, I I could be wrong about this feeling of turning the corner. I do think there was a time when we were so full of greed and, and, um, you know, being on top and not worrying about the other person. And I think, I think this may be one thing that COVID has taught us. Oh yeah. I don't know, but could be.
0: I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's true. Every position, every human, no matter what their position is. And that's why I love, I mean, you see it in the movies where you'll have like the CEO having a beautiful conversation with the janitor Mm -hmm. because we've got to all see the human on the other side. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, in the very beginning, we all want the same things. Right. right? And so it's just noticing that being that leader.
1: I think that what you just said is the key to being bold mm. is understanding that deep down inside, we are all exactly the same. We all want to be happy. We all want a decent roof on over our heads. We want to have good food. We want to have fun. We want to have we want to be loved. we We all want exactly the same things. How we go about getting them is completely different. But if we really recognize that we're all the same, I think that's what helped me the most being this little girl from this tiny town with no contacts and no nothing, ending up being, you know, doing a pretty good job of it in New York. I think that's the thing that really got me there was that recognition that it didn't matter who anybody was, we're all the same. And that is what vulnerability is too,
0: mm-hmm. right? A hundred percent. And I, I know you've seen this within your coaching business, but I feel the sooner you open up and are vulnerable with someone is the moment that you realize you are one because so many times the struggles that we're faced with, mm-hmm. the person sitting across from us has gone to the same thing, if not the same, similar, right? Right.
1: I mean, it's so, it's so interesting right. because there were times when I, I wouldn't be open about my personal life at all. And then when you discover that, that it's, it's like, why that happened to you too? Mm. And yeah. the connection, the connection that you feel is so amazing. And all of life is about connection.
0: Mm, for sure. Yes,
1: it really is.
0: So then if we're looking at, you know, thought leadership mm-hmm. specifically, mm-hmm. and something we were kind of looking at topic-wise for this conversation was like how to become a thought leader in the world in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything we've covered is the way to do it. But if you were to say like one thing, what would that be?
1: Uh, you have to be, you, you have to to have truthfulness Mm -hmm. Um, you cannot be a phony like there's a lot of people out there who want to be I want to be a thought leader and but what they're espousing isn't necessarily something that they've actually done Mm -hmm. or that they even believe in they just think it's a thing to do that's going to propel them to the top and you get caught up man you do. So it's, you have to be true to who and what you are. And that's where that purpose stuff comes in too. It's all about, you have to be true to your purpose because people smell inauthenticity. It's like, it just reeks and no more, more now than ever before. And and you just see it. So uh, I think that the one thing you have to do is you have to actually live up to your word, live by your word, and make sure that that word is your truth. That's the thing that I really think is is crucial. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that there are a lot of people who can be great thought leaders if they put themselves out there more and opened up. So I knew
0: that was going to bring it all full circle. <laughs> <laughs> being bold, being vulnerable, being truthful. It's all connected. But the, yeah. the one thing I feel like that highlights all of it is becoming that version of yourself who's actively living, actively serving others I mm-hmm. mean, from that place of being truthful.
1: And, yeah. and 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 the other thing too is is this um this compassion component that you know when you're vulnerable and you're opening yourself up um, you may sometimes feel like people might take advantage of you because maybe you're too open and too honest and too willing to help them but those are people who aren't I don't think open themselves and so even though it seems so counterintuitive, I think you have to be really compassionate towards them Mm -hmm. and have to say, okay, there's something else going on here that has nothing to do with me. Because most of the time, the way other people act has nothing to do with you, even when you think it does, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: even when they tell you it does.
0: And you know what? And the one thing that I've noticed too is if you look at that other person as almost like a mirror for where you yourself aren't free. Mm -hmm. It's a it's an incredible chance for self-reflection. Yep. (sighs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And now to those who are listening, where can they connect with you or learn more about you and your story?
1: They can go to my website, which is really simple. It's called (laughs) janehanson.com. (laughs) H-A-N-S-O-N.
0: Wonderful. Now do you have any last words that you'd like to leave the audience with today? Well, I just want I,
1: I I want them to go out and just do what you want. Do the things that you're afraid to do. Just do them. Um, have that, you know, have that conversation that you've been putting off. Go take that 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 chance of exploring something new. Try to understand other people and open yourself up to exploring other cultures and and other kinds of lifestyles i mean just like just let it let it all be <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> life can be so wonderful and look we've had a we've had a hell of a couple of years and isn't it time to give ourselves some freedom to explore what more we could be and do instead of of just Sitting still.
0: Mic drop. Wow. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that is exactly what we are all about here. And so I am just so thankful for you coming on and for just sharing your time and your energy with us here today. It means the world.
1: Thank you so much. And I dig your background.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I have to share this too. Um, my fiance went to LIU Brooklyn. Oh yeah! And I saw in your in your history there was some mm-hmm. LIU inside of there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I taught there. I taught some journalism classes.
0: Oh, how neat! He's an occupational therapist, so different field, but maybe you passed each other at one point. You're
1: sure. I'm absolutely. We connected. We soul connected. Uh-huh.